when she and David had arrived home. He had pulled into the drive and switched off the engine before leaning in to nuzzle her neck. Remembering the warm touch of his lips, Joe's skin tingled now, as it had then. What are you after? she had asked. David cupped her face in his hand and guided her lips towards his. He kissed her before replying. Who said I was after anything? I was simply overpowered by a desire to kiss my wife. He let his thumb trail across her mouth. She bit it. No, David. What are you after? The beginnings of a smile made David's face twitch. He wasn't expecting her to resist when he asked for a lift to the station. Or, as he put it, one tiny favour. Before answering, Joe took his hand from her face, kissed his palm and then pushed it away. She was trying not to let her disappointment sour the mood. The way she was feeling lately, she had wanted him to look after her, not work her. There's nothing to stop you taking a taxi, she said, her clenched jaw pinching her words. But you could drive to Lime Street and back in thirty minutes he had said, trying to coax her. You wouldn't even have to get dressed. Or I could stay in bed and get some much-needed beauty sleep. You couldn't get any more beautiful. Joe refused the bait. If it's the cost you worried about, then I'll pay for the taxi myself. It's not the cost. I just thought it would be nice to snatch a few extra minutes with my beautiful wife rather than some grisly old taxi driver. I can assure you, I would be just as grisly at five o'clock in the morning. Joe shifted in her seat and tried to pull her coat around her, but it didn't quite reach across her expanding girth. She was trying to make a point, but it was far too subtle and completely lost on her husband. You mean even more grisly than you are at five o'clock at night? He asked looking at his watch to make the point. It's six o'clock, David, and the answer is still no. The little spat could have ended there, and would have, if David hadn't made the mistake of stepping onto dangerous territory. It's not like I'm off for a weekend with the boys, he said. I'm going on this training course so I can provide a secure future for my family. I thought that was what you wanted, Joe. She narrowed her eyes as she analysed each and every word. Ah, yes, of course. This is all about what I want. You, me, us. It's the same thing, isn't it? He demanded, his words choking the breath out of him. Is it? She asked, wanting his reassurance. But her plea sounded more like a challenge, and that was exactly how David reacted to it. You tell me, Joe. Isn't that how you justified it to yourself when you took all those life-changing decisions on our behalf? The question had hung in the air, and the argument had stalled, leaving an uneasy silence between them that had stretched towards the dawn of the new day. Beyond her closed lids, light flooded the room, followed quickly by a cloud of warm soap-scented steam. 
The light dimmed as David closed the door, leaving just enough illumination to pick out a shirt and suit from the wardrobe. Joe listened to him dressing, but it was only when he slid his tie beneath the collar of his shirt that she felt his eyes on her. She hadn't moved, and had kept her breathing slow and steady, unlike the stampede of emotions rushing through her mind. Guilt was edging to the front. Joe didn't want to let the argument drag on. She wanted David's arms around her, so she could feel loved and protected, now more than ever. He was the love of her life, and even though she sometimes wondered why on earth he put up with her, she knew he loved her too. They had met ten years ago, when Joe had been taken on as a graduate at Nelson's Engineering, a large-scale construction company where David was working as a trainee project manager.